to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Lord, I thank you for this day. And I say to God be the glory. Prepare our hearts and our minds that a word may come forth and resonate upon our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Reign and rule and have your way. Oh, but to God be the glory. Father God, move me behind the cross that the words that may come forth may be words that are words of meditation unto you. Let them soothe our hearts and our minds Challenge us to go forth and set forth a new journey for each of us. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. In your precious Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is anything... I say, is anything too hard for God? I didn't say it's some things or a couple things, but is anything too hard for God? In the Genesis reading, Mary laughed. Not Mary, Sarah laughed, I should say. Sarah laughed because it says that she was, and her husband, we're a little up and in. Is anything too hard for God? Before I get into the sermon, I just want to share with you that age is relative. When we are 12, old is 25. When we get to be 25, 40 is old. When we get to be 40, 80 is old. When we get to 80, it's like, hey. God can do all things exceedingly and abundantly well. Age is a relative number from where we are. Maybe we don't walk as fast, we don't talk as fast, but fast is not always the best case for me. Is anything too hard for God? Is that building to be built across the street too hard for God? Are children that are going to be delivered and into a new life in our school system, is the coming back economically of the West Side too hard for God? But she had to get honest at the fact that she laughed. She laughed at a promise that a son would come. But if we follow the story all the way through, is anything too hard for God? She did have a baby. Hagar even had a baby because she didn't believe that God could make that promise come forth. Is anything too hard for God? Well, I stopped by here this morning to say the answer is no. But in order for us to fulfill the promises of God, we have to be willing to get on his path. 
I say to you this morning, I thank you for everyone that has served in worship today. I thank, I'm thankful for Mr. Bonnie stepping in and for the Agape Choir, for the ushers and all the people that are behind the scenes, from the drummers to the musicians and everyone. But I thank you for your prayers because in order for us to walk where God says for us to walk and do what God says for us to do, we've got to be willing to answer the question for ourselves. Is anything too hard for God? Have you ever looked for a job? Simply opened up the warning. Flipped from page to page. Circled the job that we said, oh, that's the one we ought to have. Because it's got the right benefits. It's at the right location. It's got the time of day that I want to start working because, you see, I don't want to start working before this hour or that hour. It has all the particulars. And we call that number. And they simply say, thank you, but we just hired the right person. And then we flip over to another ad, and that's not the one we want. But every time we open the newspaper, that ad is still there. Like it's bugging us. And it's only about that big. And you say, well, I saw that ad two weeks ago. Or I saw that ad six months ago when I got mad with my supervisor and I thought I needed to look for a job. I saw that ad on Monster seven months ago. They still looking for a sales manager. The warning. The warn ads are simply a short name for the classified. And if God had listed a classified in the time of Abraham, it might have went something like this. I'm looking for a dedicated servant that will hear my cry, that will answer yes when I call, and won't doubt when I say, go forth and follow me through. Maybe you've never looked for a job, and maybe you've always been one of those people who say, I came here looking for a job, and I'll leave here looking for a job. I'm an employed person all the time. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. I know how to go to work. My mama worked. My daddy worked. My best cousin's cousin worked. We've been working since we were 16 and a half. Or maybe this is your first job. And you're a teenager and you got your first paycheck and all of a sudden you say, who are these people taking my money? FICA, Social Security. And then your auntie and your uncle and your big mama, they collecting a Social Security check or maybe they getting a pension check from the job that they work and they laughing. They say, baby, you got a wild attack before you can reach the benefits from where I am. I had an occasion on Friday to meet with some people who had been out of high school longer than the number of years I've been on earth. They were proud people. They were 
curious people. They were exciting people. But they said, baby, live long enough. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly well. You just live long enough, darling. One of them gave me that look like to say, child, I got shoes older than you. We done been through this many presidents, this kind of technology, but yet and still we have never gone without the hope in the Lord of Jesus. They went on to tell me about who got married first from their class and who was a wily-eyed and who would set the downtown port off on fire because they didn't do X, Y, Z for the African-Americans. I mean, these sisters and brothers were tight. I said, there's wisdom. There's the promise. There's what we all look and walk together for. But they shared something really important. Never quit. For you see, the harvest is coming. But the work is a few. And when God sends you out into the day and he calls your name, no matter whether he had called your name for a small task or a large task, you are part of his one act. He's looking for you. And he's trying to get you employed today. So if you go with me for a moment and just glance at verses 37 and 38, it simply says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Who is the Lord of the harvest? Say to yourself, do I know the Lord of the harvest? Do I know the Lord of the harvest? Do you know the Lord of the harvest? It just simply says, he said to his disciples, who are his disciples? You, me, us, we, the people who don't yet know it, that need to answer the call of God, we all sit under the 21st century disciples. So this morning's message is simply called Harvesting Hope, Wanted. Workers for Jesus Christ. Harvesting hope. Wanted. Workers for Jesus Christ. If I were to come to you and say, what hope mean to you? At age, I'm hoping that my mother or father gives me the toys that I've been asking for because I had a good report card, even though I had a bad week the last week of school, but my teacher didn't tell that's what I'm hoping for. Maybe when I'm 18, I'm hoping to get into the college of my choice so I can become who God is calling me to be or get the job that I'm looking for or maybe just to move to my first apartment. When I'm 28, 
My hope is that I got out of school in a timely manner, and I don't have too many student loans, and I haven't signed too many credit cards. You know, when you first get out of school, everybody knows your name and wants you to be part of their team. Then you get to 38 and you say, man, I didn't know my mother said that great at that. But you proceed on in life with the things that God is calling you to do, but your life is building. Your life is dynamic. And you look back over your life because now you've had your first 20th high school reunion. Everybody got a little different shape. Hair ain't as cropped and cute as it was. Some people dyed their hair. Some people changed their hair. Somebody's divorced. Somebody's mad for the third time. Somebody's on their way to the first grandchild. Whatever. But we look up and say, is anything too hard for God? Because at that point, we're in a different level of the harvest than we were when we were eight. We're at a different level of harvest when we got our first Bible from confirmation class. We're at a different point of harvest because we've had some life experience. We have fallen on our knees. We have called out to Jesus Christ and we said, help me in my unbelief. Help me in this hour because we look at it and we say, doggone Skippy. This ain't what my mama and daddy said it was going to look like. I mean, they stretched out at the altar, but I didn't know what they was crying about. We said, man, why was I in such a rush to leave my parents' house? I could have hung on for one or two more years. But just as Sarah laughed, because she felt she was too old, some of us laughed. Because we think we're too young. Or we think that won't happen to us. Or we think we're too good. Or we think we're too cute. Or we think we're better than that. Or we don't have to turn that over to God. Because we got that going on. We all that in a bag of shit. Until we hit the wall. I don't know if you've hit a wall in your life where you flip the one ass two, three days, two, three weeks, two, three months, and you done filed unemployment, they done denied the unemployment. I don't know if you've been there. But it's a shocking and devastating experience. But everything that God says that he promised will come to pass. Because, for well, you see, we are harvesting hope. And he wants workers for him. He don't want workers that would say, oh, I only work when the sun is up. Oh, I only work when the dinero is in. Oh, I only work at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I only work over here. He wants full-time workers and lovers of who he is. The imagery in the scripture simply says, these were sheep without shepherds. That's the aimless place to be. Imagine sitting on a hill and the shepherd over your flock left with no notice of when he's coming back. Where's your hope? Where's your situation? How are you going to harvest hope? And you don't even have a shepherd. 
For God said he would never leave or forsake. So even if you have decided, I don't have a shepherd right now, keep walking. Keep talking. Keep connecting with God. Keep asking God, is, is this what it looks like when I'm walking in grace? Is this what it looks like when I'm walking in forgiveness? Is this what it looks like when you touched me and gave me the favor? As you promised in Genesis. Be prepared to harvest hope. Don't harvest hope. Harvest hope. Because the hope in Jesus Christ is beyond and above what you can ever imagine. Then think about the season of abundance. Is anybody aware what a season of abundance is? Is anybody aware what it means to walk by favor? The grace of God is upon you. It doesn't mean every one of your bills are paid. It doesn't mean you don't have any situations going on. But it does mean that his favor shines upon you. And what used to upset you and the way you used to walk and the way you used to talk, you don't have to go there no more. Because you say, I got the favor of the Most High God, and He's raining down upon me. The Holy Spirit is raining and ruling and having His way. Oh, but when we harvest in hope, you can look at a situation and say, look ahead, Rock. I'm talking to the Most High God, and wherever He tells me to go, I'll either climb this rock, go around this rock, stand until this rock moves. But oh, hallelujah, I go knowing that he has prepared me for a season of abundance and a season of hope. Bishop Huey challenged us at annual conference to recognize that we are the disciples of this season. And as a disciple of this season, she called us into radical hospitality. What's radical for one may not be radical for the other. She is not calling us to mirror somebody else's journey. She's calling us into mirroring the journey of Jesus Christ. She says, speak to your heart. Look at your community carefully and recognize there are people on every corner that need to know Jesus Christ. Don't be so quick to say, there's a thousand churches, so everybody knows God. So we ain't got to tell nobody about Jesus Christ. I say, tell them in the grocery store. I say, tell them at the hairdresser. I say, tell them at the gas station. Tell them at the bank. Tell them at school. Tell them at work. But oh, don't stop saying, I love the Lord, for he heard my cry. And then they say, have passionate worship. You may not praise the same way I pray, but you are free to praise the Lord up in here. If you choose to clap your hands, clap your hands. If you choose to stop your feet, stop your feet. But if you just choose to sit by and just let the Lord reign on you. I ain't mad about how you pray. I just encourage you to worship God from the front door to the back, in your house, around the corner, at the parking lot. Worship me every day of your life. And then create faith-forming relationships in small groups where you can be accountable to one another. Be able to look at somebody and say, I agree to disagree, but I still love you. Because we're both on the same page, fighting the same fight. 
There's a thousand ways to enter the kingdom. Pick one and let God help you walk it out. You can't shout my shout. You can't dance my dance. You can't even sing my song. Because the one that the Lord gave me belongs to me. I encourage you to find your voice. I encourage you to seek God in everything that you do. I encourage you to talk to Him in the morning. Talk to Him in the afternoon. Talk to Him at night. But oh, hallelujah, talk to King Jesus and hear what He has to say. Then take the risk to love Him. Sometimes we fall out with God because things don't go the way we think they ought to go. I'm being honest. I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And you didn't give me the answer. I thought you were going to give me, Jesus. Oh, my God. Well, I stopped by here to tell you I'm glad he didn't answer some of my prayers the way I thought he was going to answer. I've lived long enough to see that he answers how he needs to answer. He answers because he's the most high God. And I choose to follow him and wait until I got an answer. But today he answers some prayers. I'm going to work on these today. I'm not going to stand there. And can you answer this one, Jesus? I ain't moving. I'm not going to be stuck on stupid. I'm going to send out an SOS call that says, Save our souls. The harvest is plentiful, but the work is a few. So I say this to you. He wants us all to work in the business. Maybe your job is fire. And maybe your job is peace. And maybe your job is peace. And maybe your job is announcement. And maybe your job is Sunday school. And maybe your job is lay meeting. And maybe your job is singing. But find your job. Look at the gifts and graces that he's put in you that are special unto you. I can say this openly. I'm good at many things, but I'm best at what he's called me to do. Give me service. I've tried a few things that I wasn't good at. And I've even worked on some jobs where I went and said, I'm afraid of this job I can do with my eyes closed. I encourage nobody to pray that prayer. Because no sooner than I got on the job, I tapped my foot and said, doggone skippy, this is the wrong job. Pray me right up out of here, God. I just got here, but I'm ready to go. Be careful what you pray for, because you just might get it. I share this with you. I got an email from a young man in in Houston, and there's a job that's available in Houston, and he sent me this. He says, anybody you know looking for a job? And I had to laugh because there was a time in my life where I would have looked at it and said, okay, well, it pays per hour what I can pay off to get paid. It says it has great benefits. I'm going to check it out. And I'd even put my telemarketing voice on. Some of you may know that I was a telemarketer that may have called your house way back in when. And I have a voice that really makes it happen. But I looked at that job, and instead of just randomly saying, I don't know anybody, because I'm walking in the face of God, and the harvest. 
I asked God to tell me who I needed to send it to. Pray for the person who needed this job. They've been waiting for this opportunity in their life. So when they get the job, they know that somebody prayed them into the job and that they know the favor of God is upon them and they will walk their job out with favor. They will walk their job out in the tough moments, in the sad moments, in the ups and down moments, in spite of it all. I know God can do it all. So if you're looking for a harvest in your life and you know that you're one of those workers who's not yet employed, I stopped this morning and said, check the resume. God has been posting a job for you. He wants workers in his vineyard. He's looking for you. He's calling you by name. Don't be afraid. Take a risk and step out on faith. And the fifth thing that the bishop says is that we ought to be willing to be extravagant with it. Some of us can give in money. Some of us can give in money and time. Some of us can give in money and time and resources, talents, building, teaching, training, all different kind of things. But somewhere along the way, I feel myself. I had a woman once tell me, you are a very sensitive person. You're going to have to touch me. And I said, oh, no, that's not my personality. She said, personality or not, don't take everything personal because it's not always personal. So I say to you, if you've been unemployed for a while, or you sat out from a while and just said, mm, I, don't, I don't have a ministry yet that I want to do, I ask you, let the Lord speak to your heart so that you may harvest hope in your house, in your community, in your church, in your civic group, in the grocery store, here in your Sunday school class, with your siblings, on the road, for police officers, for the difference from left to right, from this day forth, will you harvest hope in the name of Jesus Christ? Please stand as we 